I grew up with animals. I'm like a huge dog person, would generally rather hang out with a dog than a human, nine times out of 10, and um, came, to, came to really love them. And you know, when I, when I had my own dog um, later in life, and, and he was the first dog I had personally, I came to realize the nuances and challenges and just how all-consuming and, and ultimately expensive pet parenting really can be in that led me to my professional journey and it happened to be a very nice intersection between what I love personally and professionally and and so here we are today. Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters for Gray Matter. On this episode of Gray Matter, we'll explore how what we love and who we love can chart the path for our careers. And we'll hear how the thing right under our nose can spark creative inspiration. Hi, I'm John Petrolis, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray. And this week's idea is the pet insurer Wagmo. We'll speak with Christy Horvath, the founder and CEO of the company and discover how Christy went from business student to business owner with the support of her family and, of course, her dogs. Christy spoke with Carly Quellman, an associate creative director, about Christy's time starting Wagmo, where the name came from, and how she learned the importance of pet insurance after her dog at the time, Denver, was sadly diagnosed with a brain tumor. Prior to starting Wagmo in 2018, Christy graduated from Northwestern University, where she studied economics and holds an MBA from Harvard. Insurance can be a dry topic, but when it comes to those we love, including pets, it's a serious thing. You'll see that Christy brings a lot of heart and love to what she does. This is Christy Horvath. Denver was the first dog that I was financially responsible for. Um, I adopted him when he was like three or four years old. Um, I had finally moved to an apartment by myself in Brooklyn. It was pet friendly, and I was in this like 400 square foot studio. Um, so Denver was with me for a few years at BlackRock, and then I went to business school and took Denver with me. And summer between my years in business school, um, Denver all of a sudden started having seizures. And he, like, full body seizures in the middle of the night. It was horrifying. We were in the emergency room, like, once a week all of a sudden, saw a doggy neurologist, we did doggy CT scans, like did the whole thing. And of course, this is all, you know, in the middle of business school when I have literally negative income. (laughs) So got to experience in a very real way, um, just how expensive it actually is to take care of a pet. And, you know, turned out that Denver had a terminal brain tumor that could not be operated on at all. So we just sort of had to let him live out the the last months of his life um, as happy as he could. And through that experience, I came away with just the most sincere appreciation for how expensive and how painful it really is to take care of a pet. I mean, there was this moment in the vet hospital where he was having a seizure on the floor in the emergency room. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And before they would take him back and actually administer the treatment and sort of admit him, they make you pay a deposit. So you actually have to put down a credit card and acknowledge that you can afford the treatment that he's about to receive. Uh, And that decision of having 
to to make the call in, in the moment of whether or not I can afford to save this animal's life is the most painful position you could ever be put in as a pet parent. And and that was sort of the catalyst for everything. That's when I came to appreciate uh, the role that a product like pet insurance can really play in helping somebody throughout that. Yeah, no, I bet. Um, and what were those next steps for you? Um, you know, from, of course, the grieving process to, you know, you're getting your MBA and then using that um, to create WACMA. What did that in between that transitional period look like for you? So I, at the time, I was actually kind of working on a tangentially related insurance startup idea. And through this experience, it catalyzed a focus on pet as, as something that's very meaningful for people and that could be a full product in its own right. And so I started to um, think about, you know, what options were out there and as a pet parent, what was missing uh, from my perspective and realize that there were some key gaps in coverage, that the experience in general was pretty disappointing. Um, and I, I started, you know, running the idea by professors, smart people, classmates, mentors, advisors. And um, once I started to get feedback from people much smarter than myself that, that yeah, this actually sounds like it could be something, um, I started, you know, put a pen to paper and started actually working on the idea and hashing out what a product would look like what a business model would look like and how we would actually take it to market. Um, I remember as far as grieving it goes, I remember it was like the earliest possible day of Wagmo. I don't think I'd ever pitched an investor before. And somehow I, I was in this um, investment pitch in this Boston VC and it was the day after I had to put Denver down. So he had literally died 24 hours ago. I had to go pitch pet insurance to this VC, I started crying in the middle of the pitch. It was super awkward. <laughs> Luckily, they were very friendly people. And, you know, one of them was a pet owner herself. And so they sympathized with me. But um, it was, I mean, this is a very personal project for me. And it's a very personal mission. And, and that moment will forever be burned in my brain. <laughs> And I'm sure there's two, but in a good way, right? They got to see the humanity side of the business pitch and like learn, you know, why this is important to you, which I think that that matters, right? Yeah, I think one thing that has made Wagmo easy to work on, and I think in large part has contributed to the successes that we've had in, you know, recruiting or, or fundraising or anything is that, um, that this is a deeply personal um, passion of mine and, and something that I'm that me and my co-founder and, and our team are very uniquely positioned to work on. Um, it's very hard to build a company around something that you don't really care about. You know, the, the first company I was thinking about building was bike insurance, for instance. And it doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. I mean, it's a great product and, and I'm glad it exists, but it was certainly not something that I wanted to spend my life building. But this one, um, this one hits home in a very real way. Yeah, it sounds like that. Um, and uh, you've told me, you know, why it was important for you to create an event, start this idea, um, why it was important for you to bring it to life. Of course, it touches on something that happened in your life. But um, why is this important for the rest of the world? What do you hope that they receive from WAGMO? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that decision of being at the vet and having to decide in a very acute moment, whether or not you can afford to save your pet's life. I mean, that is a pain that hits so deeply. And it's something that most pet parents 
are going to face at some point in their journey. And I think up until this point, a lot of people have written pet insurance off as a waste of money or, or not worth it. But when you're in that moment and, and pet insurance allows you to remove the financial implications from that decision, um, then it becomes very much worth it. And my whole mission is to make sure that pet parents don't have to decide between the health of their bank account and the health of their pet. You know, we want to make sure that people are able to take care of their pets um, exactly how they want to and exactly how the pet needs, regardless of whether or not they can afford it. Um, so that's that's kind of the bigger mission. And then like the ethos behind Wagmo and, and why why we exist and why we're doing things differently is that, you know, pets represent some of the most joyful moments in our lives. Uh, and fundamentally, we feel that pet insurance should be additive to that joy. You know, this mm-hmm. doesn't need to be just another bill you have to pay. Um, it should be fun. It should be engaging. It should be useful. It should be trustworthy. And so that's really you know, the angle that we're building here. You know, thinking about this from a business perspective, what did the the founding uh, team look like for Wagmo? Uh, how small was it? How intricate was it? What did these brainstorms look like? Yeah. So for a while there, it was just me. And then I recruited some folks along the way. The early days, you know, a lot of a lot of my challenge as, as a first time founder was trying to figure out who were the right people to bring on in the early days. So to be honest, it was it was whoever was willing to help out. You know, I, I was in business school and my classmates were all going to fancy consulting jobs or banking jobs. So there was no way I was going to convince them to work on a pet insurance startup with me. So I was sort of um, in it alone at, at the beginning days. And about, I'd say like maybe eight eight or 10 months in, when I started to actually fully work on this and, and committed that this was going to be what I was going to do with my life after business school, I reconnected and reached out to my now co-founder, Allie. She and I met at BlackRock. Uh, we were both on the insurance team at BlackRock. And I told her the idea. She's like, yeah, that's a really cool idea good luck. Uh, And I said, do you want to come join me? Do you want to help? And she's like, no, no, no. Startups aren't for me. Too risky. I've got three kids, two dogs. Can't do it. Uh, And I kept going back to her, you know, every two or three months I'd check in with her and and we'd we'd have a glass of wine and and I'd say, hey, are are you ready to come join me yet? Uh, One day she was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. Um, I'm in. And so she she joined and um, has been super, super helpful and is truly the perfect complement to my skills and weaknesses. And uh, the she's got the passion too. I mean, she and I became friends at BlackRock because we would send each other pet finder links <laughs> all day long. <laughs> we spent a lot of BlackRock's money just looking for adoptable dogs. Um, she was actually there when I adopted Denver. Uh, she, she was there when I found him on the internet and like went to go meet him. She's been part of this journey since the earlier days be- before we even knew that, that Wagmo was going to be a thing. She was there. Uh, that's a great that's a great story. Um, and I think it's so nice that you have found like the friends out of the business side of things and that you're able to recruit someone like it took some time. But hey, you got her on board. I did. <laughs> Could you give us the timeline just in terms of years of when you met her at BlackRock um, and to when you know she became co-founder and, and this really uh, started picking up when Wagmo really started, uh, you know, catching steam in, in the business? Yeah, so. You know, I started my professional career at BlackRock on the insurance team. Um, when I joined, Allie was there, and she was she was also on the insurance team. We literally sat right next to each other. Um, did that for, we worked together for about six years. I went off to Harvard Business School. 
Uh, she did another stint at another finance company, um, middle of business school, Denver gets sick. And towards the end of business school, I start working on WAGMO, um, end up working on WAGMO full time after I graduate. It's like at this point, it's, you know, summer of 2018, kind of going solo, picking up help wherever I can, convince my little brother to do some work for me. <laughs> and then, um, 2019, we get into Techstars New York, which was a big moment for the company. And right before we started the Techstars program, I think it was probably, you know, spring of, of 2019, um, we just moved the company back to New York. And Allie and I had our, our monumental bottle of wine at ABC Kitchen in, in New York. And <laughs> Uh, that was when she decided to finally make the move and come on board. And so we actually kind of dated at first. She'd spent about three months just helping out, not informally, but but not in a co-founder world technically. And then in the middle of the Techstars program, um, I we were out having lunch one day and, and I asked her if she would be my co-founder. And she said yes. And And now here we are. Uh, that's so great. Well, congrats on getting her on board. And of course, um, you know, being able to be so, so resilient and just getting the people that you want in the company. I think that's really important. Thinking about um, this external world of people and how they think about or responded to WAGMO. Who were some of your biggest supporters for sustaining um, and having longevity? So my co-founder for sure has been a, a huge part of, of this journey and a huge supporting factor. Um, my family for sure. I mean, my dad, despite all of those ups and downs, um, my dad is actually the one who gave me, he emptied his savings account so that I could start the company. So he got clean, came full circle. I graduated business school. He was there and, um, he was fully on board with me starting this. So that, um, is also very deeply rooted in sort of the resiliency and, and the mission that we're building towards here. Um, and then our customers, honestly, we have customers that I, I know by name, I've never met them in person, but you know, they were like customer number five or six. Uh, and when they make a claim or when I, when I see them send a message, I'm like, wow, that's so cool that they're still here. Um, mm -hmm. and they're, they're our biggest advocates. They do, you know, they're out there on the forums and on ads advocating on our behalf. I mean, that's been really, um, really inspiring, honestly, and sort of keeps us going. Yeah, that does sound really inspiring. And of course, I have to ask conversely, like, what have some of the critics been saying? You know, when you were thinking about this idea and trying to bring it to life, those people that were like, eh, I don't know if this can take off. And obviously it did. And obviously you proved them wrong. But what was the, the main um, sort of stance that those people were taking or those communities? Oh, my God, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard everything under the sun. Um, I've heard everything from you know, the market's not big enough, like not enough people will buy this people. They're just, it's just a pet, you know, why would you spend that much money on your pet? Um, all the way to, I'm not emotionally cut out to start a company, which some clear sexist undertones there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard it all. I mean, I still do. Right. But I guess at the end of the day, as long as the customers are using it and love it, they're buying it and are telling their friends about it. And that's really all the validation we need. You know, if you were to walk onto a show like Shark Tank, um, what would be your angle to getting the people like that on board? 
um, knowing what you have learned from, you know, your critics and your supporters along the way? Oh, good question. I mean, it always helps if there's a pet parent in the audience. I think <laughs> anybody who's ever had to take a dog or a cat to the vet, um, the, it just clicks right away. I mean, you cannot leave the vet without spending three or $400, like no matter what you're going in there for. And so I think once you start putting dollars to things and explaining to them that a, a checkup costs $300 now for a dog, um, paired with sort of the emotional pain point of, you know, imagine if your loved one was having a heart attack and you had to make the decision, can I afford to save this, my father's life, my, my husband's life, right? And that's, that's the problem that pet insurance solves. So even if, even if you're not a pet parent, the thought of having to make those sort of life altering decisions based on your financial situation, um, resonates. And so that's, that generally is how I position it, um, in my pitches. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and, and with that, obviously, you know, you've pitched lots of people, you've gotten responses, you've gotten some wins. What was the moment for Wagamo that said, I know that this is it, this is the thing, and I'm going to, you know, push it as far as it can possibly go? Honestly, it was very early in the journey. Uh, I, it was when the first stranger signed up, actually. So we'd, I'd, I'd put this product out. Um, we, we went to market with, with our wellness product in late 2018. And of course, I went and made all of my friends and family sign up for it. And so, you know, the first, I don't know, 50 or so customers that we got, I knew and I could recognize the names. And then that one day you get that name that you don't recognize and that email you don't recognize. And I remember asking the people that were working with me at the time, and I was like, is this a friend of yours? Is this your mom? Uh, and everyone's like, no, no, we, I don't know that person. Like, I didn't tell them to sign up. And, you know, the fact that some stranger on the internet found Wagmo, uh, signed up for it, and had committed to paying us every month for this product. I mean, that was a real, that was a real light bulb moment. It's like, shit, maybe we're actually onto something here. And then that's what got us to really lean into it. And the more sort of layers we kept peeling back and the more we started pushing this out there and talking to people, we realized that, that yeah, we really were onto something and that this could be a lot bigger than we thought. Yeah, no, I bet. And I'm sure like it's that idea that it only takes one person to start a movement or, you know, for you seeing that one stranger, it's like word of mouth is everything, you know, whether it is writing a review online or just calling up your friend and being like, I have this great pet insurance. Like how nice to know that uh, this one stranger could help you start build your business in a way that they might not even be privy to. Um, I think that's really amazing. When you're thinking about Wagamo and you're thinking about where you want it to go, what are the things that you want to take along with you? Yeah. Uh, so I think we always want to do what's right for the pet parent. I think insurance in general, but pet insurance specifically has got a bit of a bad rap. The personal nature of this product and sort of the painful aspect of what it actually means to use pet insurance has sort of gotten lost. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's important whether it's day one of Wagmo or day, I don't know, six years from now, I think it's important that we retain that focus on making sure we're actually helping the end pet parent navigate this. Um, from a company standpoint, it's very important to me and to my co-founder that we build a, an inclusive and supportive team environment. I mean, we were both women in finance. Um, we certainly did not have it as bad as, as others, but we certainly saw 
saw some stuff and endured some things that we certainly do not want to um, perpetuate here. And so it's important to us that we build um, a culture where people feel welcome and f- people feel that they can be themselves. Uh, and so that is something that I never want to lose. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that, you know, and hearing you say, you know, whether it's you know tomorrow or in six years, how, how do you plan on bringing that humility forward for the next six years? Um, you know, what, what comes, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, being willing to be wrong, honestly. I mean, I will oftentimes tell my team that I'm going to make a decision and it's very likely I'm wrong and that's okay. And that is something that I'm very open about and that I feel very strongly about that half of building a business is, is making mistakes and then fixing them. Um, and if you're not willing to admit when you've made a mistake, you can't fix it and then you die. And so, you know, I think that's like deeply ingrained in, in, in how we make decisions in in how we build and how we iterate. Um, and that's something that comes from the top down at, at Wagmo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's good. Um, and that's important. I think that you're saying that it's well-rounded within the, within the team. Um, we keep talking about Wagmo, but I want to bring it back to the actual name Wagmo. Um, let's get into the storytelling behind that. Um, obviously, we've said it quite a few times already, but I want to ask you um, just how Wagmo, the name, came up. Um, and if there's any anecdotal story that relates to that, would love to hear it too. Yeah. So I was at a, I was at a like a little cafe, I think in Maine, somewhere in the Northeast, um, with my my partner, and we were having lunch, and there was this like wooden placard on the wall and we'd been kind of iterating on names i'd i'd paid some website to come up with name ideas we were running like contests so we, we were in the kind of naming zone and there was this piece of wood on the wall that said wag more um, bark less and i was like wag more that's kind of cute and my partner maintains that he was the one to suggest that wagmo could be a cute abbreviation for wagmore not sure if I'm ready to give him full credit for that but um but yeah we saw that Wagmore bark less and thought that was pretty cute and and Wagmo was born from there and naming it felt official and felt like sort of putting the flag in the ground like right this is this is Wagmo here we go like this is the starting line and so uh yeah so it was very early on in the process and we I mean we spent probably three or four weeks trying to think of the name. It did not come easily, but um, when, when it, when it landed, it, it landed and, and it's, we're very happy with it. I think it's a, I obviously I'm biased, but I think it's a pretty cool name. <laughs> I like it too. And, and I like that uh, it was, you know, you saw something and then it was edited down from there. And then, you know, it's become, of course, your branding, your tagline, et cetera. Wagmo specifically, what was a failure that you had to overcome um, or an obstacle and, and how did you course correct or how did you just sit with things and process it and move forward? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't actually characterize anything as a failure. I, I, I think I've made a ton of mistakes. I don't think we've had any sort of abject failures, to be honest. Um, I've made a ton of mistakes. I've hired the wrong person. I've spent money on the wrong things. I've made the wrong decisions. I've built the wrong thing. Um yeah, I've, I've made more mistakes than I can count. I think kind of back to what I said earlier is, you know, I, it all comes down to just admitting you made a mistake and moving on from there. And, and if you can't admit that you made it, then you can never learn from it. And so 
when I hire the wrong person, I now know what not to do the next person I hire. Or I know what to look for. And, and it's all just sort of been a compounding series of kind of learning experiences that have guided us to where we are today and have um, instilled us with that humility, but also some, some wisdom that we take with us. Yeah, and and I and I guess I should have framed that question a little bit better. Um, more so for maybe a first-time business owner or someone that you know looks at you and is inspired. Um, you know, what what would you share with them, or what um, advice would you give them for those situations, knowing that they're going to happen? Like, if I had to do this again, the advice that I would give somebody is to find your people and ask for help very early. Um, I was coming from a giant finance company; like, I didn't know what a product manager was. I didn't know the difference between growth marketing and product marketing. So I figured all of that out on my own in sort of the hard way. And if I had to do this again, I would, first thing I would do would be to go tap into a community of builders and really lean on them and ask them for support. You know, I I mean, I didn't know who the first employee I should hire was. I didn't even know, you know, how to set up payroll or how to incorporate my company. But these are all things like, people have done this before. You don't need to learn it yourself. You don't need to do it the hard way. And I think once I finally found that crowd, and, and in large part, it was through the Techstars community that got me there. But once I finally found that crowd of, of people and that support system, it was like it unlocked a million doors. And all of a sudden now I know exactly who to turn to and, and have people to ask small questions, life sort of existential questions and, and everything in between. Thank you for that. Um, and it sounds like you're big on having those conversations. Have you been sharing, you know, your thought process or what you learned at Wagmo on other panels? Have you been making this a bigger discussion with the community? Um, it sounds like you're very passionate and you have a lot of information to share. How have you been reaching others um, and telling them, you know, giving them all of this great information that you have? Yeah, I try to. I mean, it's hard to balance building a business and also you know, being out there talking to folks. But um, for me personally, it's really important that people understand sort of my story. And that's why I talk about like my family history and, and growing up in sort of a fraught household, because so often the the emblems of success that we see, especially for women, are um, of a very specific archetype and have followed a very specific journey. And the reality is um, that wasn't my journey. And there's a lot more that goes into building a company than just going to Harvard and, you know, having an idea and pitching a VC. It's painful. It's personal. There's ups and downs. And I think it's important that people know that because I think that opens the door for more people to try. I got very lucky. I had the opportunity to start this company because I was in business school and wasn't actively in a job. I'm not sure I would have taken the risk and actually gone and quit my job to start this. So the stars aligned for me in a way that let me do this and whatever I can do to help someone else's stars align. I think, you know, that's something I, I care very deeply about and, and really want to start doing more of, you know, I, I want to get our voice out there a little bit more, but I also, you know, want to make sure that we're focused on the business and growing that. So I, I don't envision I will ever be the kind of founder who's, you know, doing road shows and, and on this, the speaking uh, circuit so much. But um, I think when we have the opportunity to speak and, and people want to listen, um, that, that's important to us. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, what would we find Christy doing if she's not, you know, working on something related to pet insurance? There's definitely dogs in my life. There are always dogs in my life. 
Um, I have a, I have a dog. Her name is Aspen. So Denver passed right before we started Wagmo. Um, I adopted Aspen in 2018, just a few weeks after, after we said goodbye to Denver. Yeah. She is a German shepherd and husky mix. She's all white and has different colored eyes and has one floppy ear. She's a ridiculous looking dog, but she's very cute. And recently I'm, I'm up in the mountains at the moment um, in Colorado, and we've been with my mom's dog as well, who is a husky wolf German shepherd mix. Wow. Um, so these, these two are like doggy best friends. And when I'm not working, I'm, I'm generally like out in the trails, either hiking with them or going on runs. We've got these like cool breweries in town where we can sit outside with the pups as well. So very dog focused life I live. <laughs> I like that. Dogs all across the board. I mean, it's on brand, but yeah. It is on brand. I want to ask you, what have dogs taught you about, I could say, life, your business? What has been the biggest takeaway that you've learned from an animal or another life form that cannot uh, audibly communicate with you? To live in the moment. And dogs are wild. They like, they'll have a traumatic moment one second. And then two seconds later, you give them a treat and their life is, has never been better. And it's, it's wild. It is inspirational. The fact that I, I always think about this moment, like when, my, when we're going somewhere with my dog, we're always joke about how she has no idea that tomorrow she's going to wake up in New York. And that fact that she's just fully living in her day here in Colorado, like eating her treats, hanging out in the grass. And then tomorrow is going to wake up in a totally different state. Like she has no sense of anxiety, like no sense of anticipation. Um, And I just, I don't know. I think that's so cool. I think about it all the time that dogs are just fully always in the moment enjoying their life. I love Christy's energy and how she pushes for what she believes for both her company and her industry. Carly, what stuck out to you when you were talking to her? Exactly that. Christy has a knack for turning life's hardest moments into successes. Wagmo wouldn't exist without Christy's conviction. It's such a common theme in this podcast, actually. A lot of the people that we talk to, it's conviction. It is they've got a great idea, but the conviction they have to just drive it through. So uh, I would agree. Something else. I love how you asked what she learned from her pets about life. So I'm going to turn that on you. One, do you have a pet? And what have you learned from it? Uh, I don't have a pet currently, but I always grew up with multiple pets in the home, specifically dogs. Uh, And pets have taught me that connection and unconditional love is a crucial component when it comes to our happiness and sustainability. I think that's key more than ever right now. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. So tell our listeners how they can learn more about Christy and Wagmo. Simply go to wagmo.io to learn everything about them or go to their Instagram at M-E-E-T-W-A-G-M-O to just check out some pictures of dogs. Not sure about you, but I love dog content. Who doesn't like dog content? All right. Thanks, Carly. That does it for us this week. The podcast team and I would like to thank Genevieve Garrity and Jacinta Mathis. If you'd like to hear about other founders, creators, or inventors and how they thought of their ideas, follow this feed wherever you listen to podcasts and catch up on all the past episodes. Feel free to reach out to us with questions and comments on Gray's social channels or our email address, podcasts at gray.com. And lastly, we bring these great ideas to this podcast for creative minds like you. So if there is someone who you think who would like the show, please share it with them. Thanks for listening to Gray Matter. Gray Matter is hosted by John Petrullis. 
produced by Danielle Hunt and senior producer Joey Scarillo. Mixed by Guy Rosemarin at Gramercy Park Studios with post-production support from Ned Martin and Robin Frank. Additional support by John Jenkinson, Christina Hyde, Gigi Vera, Gabby Piatek, and Ryan Cunningham. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com. <laughs>